You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rapoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Bulldog Hours fourth season. I am one of your ho- hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. It's kind of crazy that, you know, two things kind of hit me when, when you're giving the intro there. One, it's the fourth time through this for us. Like, that's kind of crazy. Like, in some ways, yeah, it's, it feels like a lot, and I know... <laughs> In terms of the outside of the time we put on the camera, it's even probably feels like even more than that to you sometimes. However, um, at the same time, um, it it still seems to go fast like that, that we've been doing this four years. But the other part is that um, we're getting a jump start on this season. (laughs) Yeah, we are. But I think think it's not that we learned our lesson last year because it's not like anything went poorly, you know, with the stuff last year. But um, August was kind of crazy with the show. And again... When I speak to that, I'm also including the time for you outside of this sitting in front of the camera, like broadcasting part. Yeah, I kind of just said to you a few weeks ago, I was like, so we're going to do a Bulldog Hour in a few weeks in April, four months before the first game. But after what we did last year, where we did like three shows in like seven days last August to get ready for the season, you know, we had the interview episodes with the players and the interview episode with the coaches and then a Mifflin preview all yeah. before the first game was played. And it was a lot. So we wanted to kind of get some of the off-season stuff covered now. We're going to do another episode in about two months at the end of June to cover some more stuff like 7-on-7 seven seven will have happened. The golf tournament will have happened. You know, summer practices will have been underway. The um, voluntary morning activities, not, not obviously not the full-on, you know, heat acclimation yeah. or, or the full pads or anything like that. But the, uh, the three-day-a-week get-togethers by the... Uh, the players uh, will be, you know, will be a few weeks after uh, graduation. So there'll be some more stuff to talk about for sure. But there's plenty to talk about tonight. And unfortunately, we're starting here almost 15 minutes late because of the wonders that are technology. And um, so hopefully everyone's finding their way to the new feed. Everything was set up for almost a week here. And then Facebook decided to uh, not allow me to stream to where. I had it set up to, and then I was scrambling and finally got started almost uh, 15 minutes late. But here we are on the Bulldog Hour, Season 4 premiere, Episode 4-1. Again, I'm Joe Mays. This is Justin Raffoff. I, I still can't believe that this is our fourth year. Yeah, right? like when you said that, I was I started thinking back in my head. I'm like, wait, is that right? And 2015. Yeah, now, that's, that's the, crazy. 2015, we only did four shows. Right, right. So, but yeah, that was it was still kind of like crazy then. And I don't know that we didn't do any live shows then, did we? No, they were all recorded. And yeah. I think they were all recorded in 2016. I think, I think so. last I think year so. was our first time doing anything yeah. live, which was fun. It, it allows people It's to, new uh, for us. It was new for us for this show, not in general. We do live shows almost on a weekly basis for right. yeah, a was, long time now, right. but it's a little different. Yeah, doing this. the high school show well, live. And there's there's a little bit more like we're talking about a specific thing each time. Like sometimes, you know, 
four months out of the year, you and I just show up on a Sunday and just talk about the football games that happened. You know, right. like, and it all, it's also easier to do the Joe Mays and JRAF show because, well, we've been at this point been doing it for over seven years, and we're also talking about pro athletes that we don't know. Right, I can say anything I want <laughs> right. about them um, because everybody says whatever they want about you know professional athletes and all that stuff. Yeah, that's not gonna. <laughs> That's it's not exactly how it flies here. It's yeah. a little bit different doing this show. So <laughs> we're, we, we're a little bit more uh, calm and collected uh, and a bit probably, more perspective. <laughs> probably do a little bit more research. And we definitely have a little bit more uh, background or behind the scenes information. We're a little more tied into uh, the Wilson football program than, yeah. say, the Eagles. It, it's frowned upon when I try and walk on the Eagles field <laughs> right, after, yeah. after or during the game. Um, you know, we... We get access to that um, fairly regularly, uh, well, every, every week, basically. Um, so, yeah, a little, little bit of different scale. So Yeah, so uh, enough with that, enough with us just talking here. Uh, let's uh, get down to the business here and start finally talking about uh, the football team and just a little bit of housekeeping that we do at the beginning of every show. Uh, and we just want to... Uh, Thank a few people, and that would be our sponsors, our show sponsors that have helped us these first three, now entering our fourth year, uh, May Sandwich Shop, Andy Herr, Matt Cruz, and our annual anonymous donor. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's great to be back in front of the Mike Talking Wilson football, and we want to make sure that we thank uh, these people that have helped us monetarily and also the plethora of you out there that have helped us in a way that Justin's very fond of saying. Yeah, like and share. <laughs> yeah, spreading the word is a great way to help. Just, you know, continue to um, to tweet, retweet, like and share on Facebook. You know, watch the videos on YouTube. Uh, and just uh, let your uh, friends and family know, you know, if they're, especially if they're local or if they're not local, but they're Wilson grads or Wilson players or fans. This is another way that they can get their feel of uh, Wilson football uh, from afar. And, um, of course, we're always looking for other people for sponsorships, advertising. We, we take uh, in-kind donations, as you saw from the few people on the previous slide. And uh, visit our website, uh, bulldoghour.com, the great place for information and to help us out. And as I mentioned already, our next live show will be Sunday, June 24th at 8.30. That is the weekend of the Wilson Football Golf Tournament, the annual uh, Bulldog golf tournament run by the coaches. All the money goes back to help the football program, and I believe the majority of it goes to the scholarships giving out to the players at the end of each season. Yeah, I, I know it goes back into um, the program and, and and things like that. Um, yeah, I can I can speak to it. I, I've been a part of the tournament the last couple of years. It's been an, it's an awesome time. Um, it's a great time. You know, you go out with a bunch of the guys that you usually see. Um, at the the Wilson games, or you see down on the field, uh, you know, coaching and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's a good time for a good cause. If you have the opportunity, um, it's, it's a great way to spend a Friday afternoon. So um, if you have a chance, or even if you don't, um, I know uh, Mr. Bender, I think it's on the flyer that you've sent out on yeah. all the, all the uh, sources. Um, but it, even if he can't, um, they're always looking to take you know donations for prizes or um, sponsors, like whole sponsors, things like that. So uh, any little bit you can help. Um, obviously, like we said, it helps the program. Um, so 
I know that's appreciated. And and if you can get some of your friends together and, you know, get a group and go out there on a Friday afternoon, have some fun, it's a great time. Yeah, it's actually two months from today. It is Friday, June 22nd at Manor Golf Club. You can get all the information, including all the sheets for sponsoring a hole or signing up as an individual or a foursome at BulldogHour.com. It's right on the front page. Print out that information, sign up, and uh, help the program out in that capacity. The day before that, June 21st, is Wilson 7-on-7 at the high school, and that's always a great event. And I'm going to be at both of those uh, with my camera and with the social media at my side, updating everyone on Wilson's first action against other people, and then, uh, you know, a great fundraiser event at Manor. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that in two months, and then that weekend we'll have our second show. Yeah. Plenty to talk about. Oh, definitely. A lot, a lot to talk about. So, First up here this evening, real quickly recapping 2017 in December, the team had their annual banquet, and I was there that evening, caught a few pictures, uh, and you, you know, it's almost all about the entire evening about the seniors yeah. being able to get their jackets, uh, signing footballs for each other, just just um, you know, capping off uh, memories over the last few years. And it was another another great time. I was glad I was able to go. It's been the first one I've been able to go to since I moved back, and uh, it was a uh, it was a so lot the first of fun. one you've been to since your probably senior year? since mine. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think I've been to I've been to one since uh, December two thousand two. So it's been a while, but it's very cool. It's an awesome moment to see all the young men receive their uh, their jackets for a job well done over the the past few seasons. So it was a great time. And um, congratulations to the um, you know the class of 2018. You're, you're what five weeks left for them? About six. Maybe yeah. Five so to six. let's see. I think June 2nd might be graduation. Is yeah, that so Saturday? So not that much yeah, time. Yeah, and you cut a week off before that. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. Good luck. So uh, <laughs> it's coming at you fast. Yeah, it is. It's coming. Well, that's why we're here talking about the fall. That's right. Already. That's right. We already know that it's right around the corner. So. Uh, just yeah. from from my experiences, I feel like some of them are ready. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Just going out nah, on a limb. Nah, nah. So before we wrap up the banquet, though, um, one of the biggest things to happen um, was the the announcement that uh, offensive line coach Jeff Brubaker was um, going to be retiring from coaching, and uh, he spent 21 years as an <laughs> assistant coach for the Wilson football team, starting back in 1996. Uh, you know, he was working with Coach Stopai, the legendary offensive line coach, for many, many decades uh, at Wilson. And then Coach Brubaker took over and had been there for, uh, yeah, two decades, uh, 1996 to 2017. Wow. And uh, he's uh, leaving large shoes to fill. Uh, Brandon Doms, who's been working with him for the, a number of years now, will yeah. step up. And also uh, John Lorchak is coming back. Uh, he was with the program a few years ago. He will also be filling in as an offensive line coach. So uh, the two of them will be replacing Coach Brubaker, who's yeah. uh, spending time to watch his son play yeah. uh, high school yeah. football. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I know um, just um, you know some some of the coaching arrangements. You know, in terms of like in the booth versus on the sidelines and things like that. I know Coach Brubaker was almost always on the sidelines. Um, so be interesting to see if that, that changes, you know, with different people being down on the field to talk to the guys in, you know, between series and and thing like that. So, um, could be interesting, but yes, like you said, you know, coach Brubaker, amazing job as a positional coach, um, you know, for an area that is 
oh so important yet oftentimes gets overlooked in in lots of ways but not you know um i feel like the the o-line has been a big part of their success and that's obviously understating it but like because if you don't have a good offensive line you're going to struggle but um you know we we talk about some of the things um you know you look at the guys that they consistently kind of put together and those guys come together and every year it seems like come late in the season they're getting the job done not that they aren't early but they really that's one of those areas where year after year we see such growth every year and you know that doesn't happen by accident so Trying to replicate that is going to be tough. Like you said, big shoes to fill. Um, you know, I'm confident that the coaching staff will get together plans and, and things like that that will be successful. But, yeah, it's not – you don't just, you know, slip and fall your way into right. uh, great development at offensive line every right. year. Like that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, they're going to – you lose three big guys along the offensive line. Why yeah. is Sean or Nick Drake, So, uh, so big, literal, and figuratively, <laughs> right. like, yeah, Wyatt. There, there's a nice base there with Nate Keller. Who yeah. just, you know, started two years ago as a true freshman for yeah. a few games all last year. And we saw John Ventura, who was a sophomore, get time last year yeah. as well. So there's um, there's definite, definitely um, – you know they're losing a few guys, but they have some coming back, and also a bunch of other guys that saw time last year yeah. and um, are are going to be ready to go. So, yeah. so you hope, yeah, you hope uh, you know they can continue that development and uh, you know keep it going. And best of luck to uh, Coach Brubaker, and hope hope he can sit back and, and enjoy a little bit more. I I would say stress free, but I don't know if watching your son play <laughs> is actually right. going to be any less stressful. It's just even like I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, a different, different, it is different very different, different kind of stress, yeah. yeah. So, all right. And we're going to do a little blast from the past here because if you can believe it, someone I think that, blast is a great word <laughs> for this one. Someone who played on the team in 2012, Wilson High graduate of 2013, well, he's about ready to um, make it to the NFL, if, if you can believe it. That. And it feels like I was just tweeting these names out. But it, I can't believe it'll be. I feel like I was just watching him wreck quarterbacks every week. <laughs> so this Thursday is the start of the NFL draft, and Wilson's junior Joseph, who played at UConn for the last five years, red, redshirted, um, started some game as a redshirt freshman, and then was a full-time three-year starter for the Huskies. He's uh he's making his way to uh to the draft, which is happening again. The first round is this Thursday night. Second and third is Friday Again, night. Coming at you fast, right? Like, right. whoa, NFL drafts here. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we know football's right around the corner. That's right. We start. We're starting the trend. We're ahead of the <laughs> we NFL. Are, we're here. ahead of the game right here. So, um, he played in forty-seven games for the Huskies, making three hundred and six tackles, one hundred and sixty-five of them solo. <laughs> and he led the team in twenty fifteen and this past season. And in his career, he accumulated four sacks, five passes defense three fumble recoveries, two forced fumbles, and an interception. And uh, since 2005, when either these stats started to be tracked or the AAC started tracking them, uh, Junior Joseph's sixth all-time. I think that was the all-time formation of the AAC, of the I believe, yeah. He's sixth all-time in total tackles <laughs> in the AAC history. So just, uh, you know, 12, 13 seasons. Yeah. And uh, he's sixth, not too bad. And uh, while he wasn't at the uh, Combine, he did his pro day drill at UConn. And um, some measurables and his results. He came in at six feet, two hundred twenty-nine pounds, running the forty and four nine one. He put up twenty-four reps of two hundred twenty-five pounds, and uh, 
did a nine foot eleven inch broad jump and a thirty five inch vertical. Uh, so I've been looking around the web trying to see what other people, you know, you know, draft people were saying um, from draftanalyst.com. His positives were, and I think this is pretty obvious from those numbers I just gave you a little bit ago. He was very productive, uh, and he has a high revving linebacker, uh, very physical, and gives effort in all areas, which is something I'm sure all the mm-hmm. Wilson coaches are happy to see. He's quick coming up the field and possesses a short burst of speed and squares into ball carriers, effectively reads and diagnoses the action. Hey. Not not too bad. Right. Not too bad in the positives. Um, just a few negatives have to say about speed and changing direction, which you hear a lot at this time of year. A Everyone. lot of people talk about the hips. That's, yeah. a, that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, so the, the final say from the analysts are talking about how good of a run stopper Joseph is and that he probably will be a two-down defender in the NFL, but probably has to make his living, at least at the beginning, on special teams and that's, uh, to make a, an NFL roster. It's where a lot of people are going to be uh, making their way um, onto... Let me rephrase that. It, it's not a bad place to be. You know, like, um, you know, we're, we're looking and hopeful that Junior's going to get a shot somewhere. And, you know, because, like, like, you see those things, you know, uh, productive, high-revving, um, you know, lots of tackles, good tackler. Those are things that translate well to special teams. And, you know, you get a shot on special teams, you turn some heads, you, you go hard, um, in those mini camps and those types of things. Uh, next thing, you know, um, you have, you have the opportunity to possibly, you know, make your way onto an NFL roster and, and get seen by those coaches. So, um, yeah, it's I hope pretty he's exciting. One of the 250 plus players picked oh. uh, in the draft uh, this you know this weekend, probably on Saturday in the later rounds, five to seven. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. Another Wilson player drafted, but I just this report from the end of March, like there's 32 teams in the NFL, and mm-hmm. I'd be okay with pretty much 31 of the 32. But why does it have to be New England? Because well, so like I try and take this as a positive. Because if the Patriots are interested in Junior Joseph, regardless of whether it's late rounds or, you know, to sign him to a, a undrafted free agent, which, again, undrafted free agents, sometimes they talk about how that's uh, sometimes a better spot than going maybe sixth or maybe right. not sixth, but you seventh get, round. Because you, you can pick. So you right. can see, like, hey, these guys need some linebackers. These guys lost a bunch of guys and they need help on special teams. Like, this is where I want to go or something like that. But if... This is one of those, and I know it doesn't always play out. We talk about that on our other show sometimes, but mm-hmm. if Belichick's interested, um, I think you're in a good spot. You know, like so, right. it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I'm excited, uh, you know, for the possibility of, of him getting there. But yeah, like you said, if it could not be the Patriots, that would that'll be wonderful. That would be great. Um, that that's yeah. what I. I just yeah. I don't want it to be the Patriots. Yeah. I just don't want that. I'd feel bad for the Eagles to have to beat Junior Joseph in the <laughs> Super Bowl next year, too. Uh, so, yes, yeah. yes. So another interesting development from uh, the, the scouting process is uh, a few years ago, I believe it was in 2013, Kyle Krabs started NDT scouting. And why is that interesting on the Bulldog Hour? Well, because Kyle Krabs played Wilson football. By the way, NDT scouting, I heard get a shout out on the radio today too. So, yeah. So, yeah, right there. Established 2013. So, Kyle is uh, in charge at NDT scouting. He's been doing this for a long time, starting his own business here. 
And last summer, he actually had a profile on Junior Joseph. And uh, he actually has some clips here. And again, it's a great article. Go to NDTScouting.com or Google NDT Scouting and Junior Joseph. And you should get this article from Kyle, a Wilson graduate, a Wilson football player, scouting Junior Joseph. And he's got a great write-up here. And he has some gifts uh, that we're going to share of Junior if they will load and play. Hopefully they will. So we'll get to see him in action. And when, and yeah, when we, we got used to seeing him do that oh an awful gosh. lot. And, of course, he still completed the pass. It's yeah. incredible, incredible. So I, I hope he has the one. I, I mean, this Houston. might just be from – It's Houston. When he – Was it Houston? I was thinking uh, it was Louisville. Was it Houston? It was Houston. And okay, did this one? I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> there it was. I wish it was. I wish it was higher quality. Over there, it's coming in. Oh, I think. No, that was that was actually later. So like earlier in that game, he hit him harder and knocked was, him out that of the was game. The second one. That was the second one. In that one, I think he got flagged for the extra bump. But um, <laughs> yeah, he he was laying out. Oh, yeah, the maybe it's this one. Yes, this one. <laughs> I, I was actually watching this game because I think this might have. It was a night game on ESPN or something like that. So just watch this hit. This is the type of hit you would see him do in high school, and you're just worried for the other kid. Delay, Here we go. Delay, delay. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have a better angle too, but I've seen this a bunch. Oh, oh, it doesn't have the second. Oh angle. my gosh, oh, that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty good one. It's a, it's a very good one. Yeah. So yeah, it's a great article though by Kyle on Junior. So if you have a chance, definitely check that out at ndtscouting.com. So, um, you know, anything else to say? Um, um, that would junior it would be really draft? cool uh, for Junior to to kind of get a shot. Um, I I don't know him real well, um, but it is one of those kids that I remember when he was in school, and I remember following the team and obviously seeing them around. So, like for a kid like that to to make it would be um, it would be a lot of fun, and and you know I hope. I hope nothing but the best for him. So I hope he does get that shot. It would be awesome to hear his name, you know, announced on, on that stage uh, in Dallas, you know, to go anywhere. Um, you know, I hope if he gets drafted, I hope it's in the right position where he can go and have a legitimate shot to, you know, make the team. Um, and if it's if he's not drafted, I hope he does get, get those offers come rolling in uh, Saturday afternoon or evening. Yeah, and yeah. and he's signed somewhere by Sunday, you know, so that he he can get into camp and show himself and prove himself there as well. So right, that would be uh, that would be great. It would be like you said, it would be really cool to his name be announced. That would just be really a really interesting thing uh, to hear from uh, from the NFL. So let's see where are we going next. I think we have. Um, well, I had it listed as a schedule review, which we're going to get, but there was something else that I added in here uh, because I couldn't believe that I didn't remember that we needed to do it. Um, and oh, first up, we're going to talk about one of the fundraisers. So, oh, okay, uh, we have a couple of fundraisers here. This is not specifically for the Bulldog Hour. This is just I'm kind of running it, and I thought this would be a good way to get the word out about it. And that is uh, fundraisers for the football program. Uh, and the Wilson Football Tradition Club. I've been working on this since February, and I'm chugging along pretty good, but it's um, 
VHS to digital and DVD of old game films. So, uh, we are uh, converting the old library. I'm converting it. And I have a lot of it done, actually. Any game that the program had, yeah, as you look on the floor, yeah. there's a VHS scattered everywhere. Uh, anything the program had in their archive from 1945 through 1963 is completed. And as of today, I think I'm through 1976 through 2003. So I'm trying to close the gap there in the 60s and 70s. I hope to have that completed by the end of next week. And then I get into the more modern era and have to go to DV tapes and uh, eventually huddle and Mm -hmm. uh, mashing things together. But my goal is to have everything done uh, probably by the end of May, maybe June. Uh, they are available to purchase now if you're interested. And I have up here on the screen, if you're watching, the price for the... These are for the DVDs. Uh, this is the price that the, the coaches and I came up with for uh, one, two, or three games, and then one, two, or three seasons. Uh, these are these are DVDs. If you pop them in, it doesn't start just start playing. You can pick the games. There's usually two games per disc, so there is a menu. Um, and I do, ha- I do put custom slipcases on them. And, um, you know, I did a, an entire 1999 season for someone already. Another person just bought the 1980 season, but on a USB drive. So you can we can cut a little bit of money off of the price if you just want to get them digitally on a USB, you know, a thumb drive. That saves us on cost of the jewel cases and the uh, the printing costs and, yeah, if and you, all that. If you want them and you're willing to get them, you know, help the, help the program out for them, uh, we'll make sure you, you find the format that works for you. Yeah, yeah. So... They are available digitally, which you can just take them, throw them on a computer. You can burn them to DVD, or you can throw them in your iTunes library. If you have an Apple TV, they can pop up for you there. I can literally watch 375 Wilson games on my TV right now if I really wanted to. By can you mean have, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. I've seen every single one of them. But, yeah, if you have any questions about this, email me. It's joe at bulldoghour.com or wilsonbulldogsfootball at gmail.com. Or you can just go to bulldoghour.com in the store there. I have the ability to purchase them. Uh, I know it's live, which I didn't even realize until someone bought a USB drive last night of one of the seasons. I didn't realize I had, I had made it live, but apparently I did. But we're, we're announcing it now so that we can start um, you know, getting these out to people, uh, former players, coaches, fans that want to relive a game, two games, or a season or two. And uh, they, they do make great gifts because I know one of them was a, a gift for someone, uh, a former player. There you so go. It is, uh, you know, it's been a it's been a fun ride. It's been very interesting to see all this stuff. Uh, I do want to put out a disclaimer that these are these were old eight millimeter that were then converted to VHS that were now being converted to digital and onto DVD. So some of the games, the quality is not great. You know, this isn't going to be 1080p or 4K HD. You know, there's a this is, you know, old stuff from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s even not always the greatest. You know, this is uh, this is low quality. It's just being able to have um, the game in some format, you know. Right. These aren't game broadcasts either. There's nothing, there's no, there's no audio other than maybe the newer, the closer to the modern era ones you can hear Wayne Sear announcing the games. Um, you might be able to hear the fans, but there's, there's no commentary or anything like that. And um, the earlier ones to aid the team in film review are sped up. So some of the games are only 15 minutes long because they're probably going at 30 to 40% faster speed right. than they were recorded. 
And if that's if that's a big problem for you and you couldn't figure out how to slow him down or you, or you you know you don't want to watch him at the uh, the quicker pace, uh, you can talk to me and I can probably slow those down and make a special DVD for you. Um, but yeah, again, if if you have questions or you're concerned about that, Lee, let us know and we'll we'll make sure we can work something out. Right. So like I said. If there's a game, games or seasons you want and you don't want to buy until you talk to me, just send us an email. Any of the Bulldog Hour links or uh, the Wilson Bulldogs Football at gmail.com, all that will get you in contact with me. And we would love for it to be a great fundraiser for the football team. So that's the first fundraiser. I do have another one later, which not too many people know about at all. Um, and actually, before we move on, why don't I show you the 1945 game? Or hey, part of it. So you can kind of see what I'm talking about here. It amazes me that this is something that ex- exists. Yes. And this is literally the first time a football team oh, played a game. You didn't share this footage with me before. Of them no, I posted it on the Facebook page. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It would have been up to you to find it. <laughs> so, yeah, there's actual footage of the team and coaches leaving the what is now the admin building. Yeah. The actual, what was the high school. Jumping on my favorite part. Spring Township School District bus. And look how there's just like nothing. And they're wearing orange and black uniforms because they are from a former semi-pro team, the Gablesville Owls. That is what they are wearing for their first season. And this is um, over at um, George Field, I believe. Yeah, I think um, so. High School JVs. And uh, you yeah, can there's see the baseball field, well, George Field, and, and the train see, tracks in the background. Right, and the train. By. Like how Reading is this right now? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, George Field. Reading Railroad there in the background, but you can see how quick the film is moving because right. it's been sped up. Like this is not in real time, um, but it is amazingly there's also a third in, base view. It's mm-hmm. also amazing, also in color. Yeah, like how crazy is that? Yeah, um, none none of the other ones up until the late eighties are in color. It's like the only one in color. So uh, but it's really cool. I'll try to see. Maybe we'll let this go until we can get to uh, the touchdown because there was only one touchdown scored in the game. And that is from, oh, cut out there for a little. <laughs> um, that's from, I think, Herbert Welder to Lippincott, who still is on the sidelines for every Wilson yeah. football game. And uh, so I saw that when, so when you posted right. I, when I you posted that. Yeah. I cut out the clip. Because um, you talked about it, wasn't it the first time? It was the first score in Wilson history, right. ends up, and it's it, during the first win in Wilson. You know, first touchdown, first game, first win is all is all right here on tape. Uh, that might be it right here. Yeah. Yeah, there it was. Yep. So, I mean, we don't need to watch the rest, but I just thought it would be cool to see. True Wilson passion, pitch shutout. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's a good thing. Good thing. That's very cool. I was very excited to see that the team had the first ever game on film, and now it's converted to digital and backed up in like five different places, so that's no. not going anywhere. And, uh, yeah, so that's fundraiser number one. Uh, the old game films from the coaches again, not like broadcast games. This is coach film that's being converted, and uh, get more information on that at bulldoghour.com. So the big, uh, big one that I almost forgot that that we should probably mention is: is there a murder happening? <laughs> this this broke in January. Jeff Reinert, uh, Lancaster Online, uh, Lancaster newspaper, Lancaster Sports. Found out that great high school football yeah, follow by the way great absolutely absolutely stupendous. Great. He broke that the Burks Football League has been in talk with the Lancaster Lebanon League about 
figuring out if a merger would be uh, the best way to go for both leagues. And it would involve the, I think, 13 Burks teams becoming associate members of the LL League. I do assume they probably would rename the league some form of Burks, Lancaster, Lebanon. I don't think they would just call right. it LL. You would, or at least, um, you know how like it's the mid-pen conference? Yeah. You know, like... Maybe make it a conference because, like, it's not for all sports. I don't believe they're looking. You're they're right, looking purely right. for yeah, football. That, yeah, it is football. So only. maybe a football conference. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I I'd... yeah, you're right. You're right. It would be so. So there would be some kind of name, but it would be 37 teams, likely spread out over four, maybe five divisions or sections. You know, you're probably looking at maybe two, three nines, um, and a ten or something like that. Um, now, if they break it down to five, obviously it'd be different. But uh, Wilson obviously would be in the largest section or the biggest section or whatever section houses the largest teams because they're most likely going to go by enrollment. Now, there'll be some shuffling because yeah, because LL has that built in already, just like Burks does as well. Um, but it's a little tougher when you have thirteen. Yeah. So the the one that we've been hearing the most, I'd be from Jeff and from Mike Drago at the Reading Eagle. A uh, a Burks Lancaster Lebanon League Section One or whatever they call the league in the section would probably have ten teams, yeah. which means you'd have nine league or conference games and one non-league game. These teams are pretty much set in stone. The only one I'm not sure about is Warwick at the bottom there. Warwick and because they're always Cedar right Crest. on that line. They're always well, either Lebanon actually belongs in this, but right? Because of what we're going to talk about when we get to the schedule. I don't think they'd put Lebanon in this right. group. I, agree. I just don't see that happening. So that's why I put Warwick in. I could see Warwick and Cedarcrest possibly those teams on the bubble. I, I just don't see him putting Lebanon in. I just can't I don't see, see him putting Lebanon in. I see Cedarcrest being up. I think Warwick would be up too. Um so it, it would be interesting. Four Burks located schools. Yeah, which six which LL is a schools. huge change, you know, for for some of these schools like Wilson. <laughs> well, um, Wilson would pick up three games locally. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, you would be hosting, I'm sure, one of those, one or two of them. But right. But you're playing, instead of just playing Mifflin, because we haven't played Reading for a few years now, we haven't played Exeter, especially in the regular season, for over a decade, now you get to play Mifflin, Reading, and Exeter. Right. Uh, while keeping six of your big LL rivals. Yeah. It would... This is nothing but a win for Wilson if it would happen. I, I, I agree. I, I, don't I, see I feel how it like be a negative. right. You get you get to add your natural local rivals and keep the benefits of the LL and play all of those teams still as well. Ah oh, man, yeah. And honestly, when I look at it, I feel like it helps. I feel like it helps in in section one here. We're talking. I feel like it helps a lot of these Burks teams as well, like Governor Mifflin, Reading, and Exeter. It. It's tough because they've got to play a lot more of the bigger schools, um, but there's winnable games there, and you know I think you're looking at you're looking at a, a fairly strong section one in, in my opinion for no matter who, who somebody's got to win the games right somebody's got to win so whether that's the Mannheim Townships or the Wilsons or the Mifflins or the Exeters or w- whatever. You know, there are games to be won there that are against strong opponents. And I feel like you've got a number of 5A and 6A district qualifiers there. So that's that's good for the section in, as a whole. I think besides being able to play 
two more Burke schools than we normally would. The biggest thing that makes me happy about this is they got to schedule Wilson Mifflin week 10, right? You would think. <laughs> you would think. You're not going to put that in week five. No. and cert- Well, unless, unless, because there's lots of talk about how, like, this coming year, how, well, I know we're not there yet, but how Wilson Mifflin is not week one. Right. And it's, it's not week 10. Well, but that was decided by the schools, the 80s or the coaches, however you want to throw it out there. They right. wanted it to be Labor Day weekend. Right. And, and I'm just saying, if there's that draw to week two now because of Labor Day weekend, does that go away automatically because it's a league game? You know, if you're going to have nine league games, yeah. you know, like, do you automatically make it 10? Like, I, I don't know just because I know they, they talked about some of the, um, for lack of a better term, intangibles about that weekend. Lots of kids and people are home Back for the home. holiday weekend, the long weekend. You know, I, I don't know. It's a great way to start this year. It's week two, but like, it's also, man, like when we were in school, that week 10 matchup at Mifflin or at Gursky is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, so um, the, the uh, Red and Eagle had three articles on this, two back-to-back when it was broke in the end of January, and then one recently, uh, just a few weeks ago, um, in March 29th yeah. by um, Drago. Um, the, so the LL League voted to accept the Burke schools, but you know, while the headline sounds like this is a done deal, it's nowhere close to that. And Drago's article actually says it wouldn't take effect until 2021, which I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit him in any fashion. I'm, I'm just thinking, why would they start it there? Because it's in the middle of a two-year cycle. Because right now, 2018 and 2019 are coupled, which means 2020 and 21 are coupled. If you would try to start this in 2021, that would mean you'd have to have all those schools have one-year non-league contracts because they wouldn't be able to right. reciprocate in the second year. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I just I thought for sure it would say 2020 because that's what makes the most sense. That was the earliest it could happen, and it worked into the two year cycle that the PIAA and all the leagues and conferences utilize. Yeah, I I'm not exactly sure. Um, you know, and just to throw it out there, there are a lot of uncertainties about that as well. You know, we talk about while it would be a benefit for Wilson, in in our opinion, um, you look at it. You know, you've got. And I don't know that they'd match up, but if you've got like Hamburg or someone traveling down to Solanco, you know, that, that's a long way. But don't discredit it just because of that, because just this past year you had, um, I think it was just this past year, you had Why Missing traveling up to like um, Mifflin, uh, County, Mifflin County, a 6A yeah. school. Yeah, who they beat. Who they beat, like 13-6 or 13 nothing or something like that. Um you know, because they're having trouble filling schedules. So well, that was the teams are having reason. trouble filling non-league schedules. It's really bad in the for the Burks League teams in terms of trying to schedule. Um, you know, you had Burks Catholic this year lose an opponent because or they got a forfeit because of injuries and like they just couldn't finish. You know, a team couldn't play against them. You just had a lot of things like that where you know I think for the Bur- for Burks teams in general it would be a it would be a huge boost for LL. I think for some teams it's a win. For some it's a push. I don't know that it's a negative for any of the teams, like without looking at the specifics. So right. there's there's a lot of potential there, but right now it is potential. But, you know, baby steps, they did all approve the idea of them becoming associate members. Right. So we'll and have to see. Wilson's been an associate member of the Lancaster Lebanon League since 1975. Wow. So, yeah. So, 
while future schedules are a little bit murky, the 2018 schedule has been set in stone, and we actually debuted it here the the what two days after the the playoffs were over um, yeah. for the Bulldogs this past. I'll be November. honest, you had this before I knew it was like really in existence. You know, yeah. like I know a lot of it's set in stone, but um, yeah, you you were you were on this pretty quickly. Yeah, well, I was. Uh, that, this I'm is one excited. of those things that I was referring to when I say like outside well, at the beginning of the show, when I was like outside of the show <laughs> hour. You know, like this is one of those things I would be talking about. So we went over this in November, so I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but we just wanted to go over it again, put it out there so people know what the schedule is like this year. Everything's moved up a week, and there's one less scrimmage. So heat week is August sixth. Two a day or three a day camp starts August thirteenth. The first scrimmage is August eighteenth. And the first game is August 24th, which is four months from Tuesday. Wow. And that is against Central Dolphin at Landis Field. So we get to travel to Central Dolphin to kick off the season, come home Labor Day weekend to host Mifflin, then we host Springford, if you remember two years ago, that epic double over. Do you remember that game? I do. Do you remember that game? I, I am very well sure? aware of that game, yes. You're very well aware, but yes. your, your eyes themselves do not remember that game. I've seen the key parts to that game. I think Coach Palm sent you a, a, an, an email about that game. Uh, he did. Yeah. He did send me one about that game, yes. So, <laughs> if you can't figure it out, Justin wasn't there for the Springford game two years ago. Yeah. Then September 14th. I did my part. They won, right? <laughs> I did I did what I could. So, September 14th, Wilson goes to Mannheim Central. First time playing them in, I think the last time we played them was 2010. Yeah, it's a long time ago. No. I don't know. Might have been twenty might have been twenty twelve. Yeah. I think it was twenty twelve. I know there were some weird ones there. We played them on like did we play them on a Monday yeah, because at one they point? Got major rain yeah, out. like crazy yeah. like I think that might have been that might have been when we had one of the huge storms that caused the flooding. Well it was like six, like, seven years ago was the last time we played. Yeah. But yeah, it was the storm that caused a lot of flooding because uh, it was at Mannheim Central, just like this game will be. And this is part of the new LL mandate. Uh, crossover games. Dropping teams from Section 1 uh, being uh, Lebanon yeah. and Section 2 being efforted down to Section 3. So Section 3 has 10 teams, where the other two sections only have 6. So the Lancaster Lebanon League was like, hey, we're going to take the, basically the best team from Section 1 and the best team from Section 2, and they're going to play these inter-county or inter-league games, and Wilson gets to play Mannheim Central. Yeah. Next year, we get to host Mannheim Central. So it counts cycle. It counts as a non-league right. game. Right. Because it's not... It's not it's, right, it's an intersectional game. But they they set these. Um, so it, these aren't the ones where you go out and you're looking to pair up with somebody, and we'll do a home-and-home, and, home and, and it, it will be Drew and Doug home. were told that we were playing Mannheim Central. Yeah, yeah. That's kind yeah. of how that works. So, in case you had any questions about our previous conversation when we were talking about what's it mean to be an associate member? It means you have no power. It means, hey, we're playing at Mannheim Central hey, on September 14th. You know. so. <laughs> that, that's my take on it. That's not the actual definition, right. just no, to be clear, but that's my take on it. There's a little bit more uh, to it than that. but Hey, to be fair, you know, we're looking for good non-league games a lot of times. We're going to get a good non-league game when we go to Mannheim Central. Yes. Oh, for sure. Then we get to start the uh, the section schedule on September 21st, hosting Penn Manor. Then we get to go to Mannheim Township again, which will be the third time in less than a year. 
that we get to go. Good, great, grand, wonderful. Yeah, what great. I know there's like conspiracies floating around about it. It's just the hey, way it works sometimes. We did find a good place to eat, though, for we after did. the game. We did. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Uh, what made it better was that it was later in the year. It was cold, so we'll see how end of September. Yeah. yeah. I don't think the cider might not be a good thing at yeah. the time. The hot cider the hot might cider, not be helpful. You know, depending on, on weather in Pennsylvania, as you see, you can experience all four seasons within uh, four days. So, uh, you know, end of September, it could be 90 degrees. It could be 30, though, and then maybe the hot cider would be a good, right. good idea. So, but yeah, going to Mannheim Township. Um, then we get to host Hempfield. But again, this is host in quotations because the Hempfield game is being played as part of the 2018 Gridiron Classic. It's being held, it's hosted by Baseball Town, the Reading Fightins. Uh, home, their home, the First Energy Stadium, is being converted to um, play some football games. And we'll get into that a little bit more in a second here. But then Wilson goes to Warwick, hosts Cedarcrest, finishes at McCaskey. Cedarcrest, who's been off the schedule the last few years. Right, because Conestoga Valley bumped up. Now Cedarcrest makes a return. And then you can see. November is filled with the uh, District 3 playoffs. Then right around Thanksgiving, the states kick off. And the state final is December 1st. Yeah. So yeah. we've and t- within three years, the state final has gone from mid to mid-late December to right. the first day. Which was December. a big – I say point of contention because it really was. People were saying separate from the too many games argument, people were arguing that there were um, – the games were too late. Like that you shouldn't be playing December 15th, for example, yeah. which I believe states are on those at some point in time. Right. Um, and yeah, now states are two weeks earlier than that. First Saturday, right? Yeah, the 6A championship would be the first, yeah, first Saturday, Saturday, which means there are some state championships in November. In November. Like okay. um, well, there will probably be two on that Saturday, This will make the basketball and wrestling teams happy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like that's, that's absolutely. what it boils down to because – uh, a lot of the basketball, like preseason or exhibition tournaments, happen around Thanksgiving, don't they? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that end of November, early December. So yeah. this will get a well, lot I know, more like, players. I know, like, um, for example, I know, and maybe I, I might be wrong on this, but I feel like Burke's Catholic, you know, doesn't play as early as they typically can for basketball. Like a lot, because you don't have to schedule they a tip-off jam, tournament or yeah, anything. They jam more, but games right because they don't. You know, they know there's a good chance they're not going to get their guys right away. So, yeah. and I know that's an issue at Wilson as well. But So, I mentioned October 5th, Wilson hosting Hempfield, but it will not be at Gursky Stadium. It will be at First Energy Stadium in Reading as part of the baseball I'm going to make sure our names are on the list for that one. Gridiron right? Classic. I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> Trust me. There have been emails. Actually, I'm... Well, I'm not even going to say that now because I haven't asked, so I'm not going to say that live on the air. I'm going to – I'll wait a little bit until I actually, you know, speak with some people. But, yeah, so Gridiron Classic, why is this a big deal? Why are people – some people excited about it? Well, the old – what is First Energy Stadium, which was Municipal Memorial Stadium, hosted a lot of football games yeah. from the early 50s to the early 80s. You know, for over 30 years, a lot of teams got to play there on Friday nights, and it was a huge thing. They got yeah. thousands of people to yeah. each game. It was a big deal. And then it ceased uh, in 1982, I believe. Actually, I should pull up my notes on it because I have a whole bunch here. Um, yeah, uh, September 51 through October 82. Uh, and Wilson last played there 
I, I mean, I, I highly doubt anyone listening live has this off the top of the head, and I hope I'm right. Just judging by the films that I have, this is the date I came up with. So if anyone, if anyone can uh, contradict me, go ahead and, and send us an email or leave a comment. But according to my research, the last time Wilson played at the site of Municipal Memorial Stadium, or at First Energy Stadium as it sits now, was Friday, September 14th, 1979 against Muhlenberg, which a game that Wilson won 34-7. And of course, 1979 was the second of a four-year period in which the Bulldogs went, I think, 43-2. and <laughs> So, you know, it was tough to beat them back then. And um, oh, Muhlenberg was unable to do so in 1979. And uh, should Wilson be able to play their game in this October against Hempfield? It'll have been 14,266 days since the Bulldogs took to the sod and infield dirt of the baseball so, stadium. So what you're saying, and you you said it with the dates, um, the last time high school football games were played there was before you and I were born. Correct. Yeah. And I didn't want to make people feel really old by okay. saying that. But. You and I have graduated high school before some of the players will have been born. So yes. just, just to throw that out there. Yeah. We're talking basically two generations removed. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. I mean, I mean, Wilson hasn't played there since 79, and, and now other teams, I think Muhlenberg played there often, uh, last played there in 82. So, And this isn't a one-off event. It's not just Wilson playing no, there. On yeah, there's 5th. a bunch of games. Wilson is actually the last scheduled high school game. It kicks off on Thursday, September 20th with Muhlenberg at Exeter. The following day, Mifflin plays at Reading. That's a cool one. Then Saturday will be Conard Weiser against Twin Valley. The following week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you got Hamburg at Berks Catholic, Reading making their second trip at Daniel Boone, and then a college game on Saturday, September 29th, Wilkes at Alvernia. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot Alvernia is going to have. Right, yeah. Football. So that's first really season, cool. then they get to play at the First Energy Stadium. That's, so pretty, that's cool. pretty cool. Then the game before Wilson, which will be Thursday, October 4th, Twin Valley making their second trip there playing Muhlenberg, making their second trip there. So three teams playing two games at First Energy Stadium. Then the penultimate one is Hempfield-Wilson on October 5th. There is a slot open on the 6th. They were, I think, trying to get either another high school game or a college game. But I think I saw that they're going to let some of the uh, like uh, Mites, Midgets, Mighty Mites cool. teams play. So that, that, cool. that's cool uh, kind of uh, end to the 2018 Baseball Town Gridiron Classic. And... Tickets were supposed to go on sale on this past Monday, the 16th, and uh, one of our fans on Facebook contacted the box office, and they just said that they would be available soon. So apparently that changed from their press release, uh, but I know that we will be selling tickets when available at May's Sandwich Shop, and we here at the Bulldog Hour will be giving some away throughout the summer. So, All right. Uh, like and follow us, watch and listen to the show, or become a sponsor, and we will hook you up with tickets or give you the opportunity to buy them. So, And if you could tell by not only the slide that was originally up for this announcement, but also above my head, I had a pretty nifty logo created for the You know a guy. Because uh, I just thought it was super cool for something that hasn't happened, like Justin said, literally since we've been been born. It hasn't occurred, so um, I have a uh, an acquaintance now that uh, drew this up for me, and I think it uh, turned out quite good. And uh, I'll talk about him right before we end the show. I was gonna say if you, if you need a guy, let us know. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, Join those guy if you need a guy. And I mentioned know. last time Wilson played there was in 1979, oh, and I just happened to have the video <laughs> lying around. Um, so just kind of see. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to see it because I know it, it pops up. Actually, you'll see it right here. There's the infield playing on playing on the dirt, and you can still see the shape of yeah. Municipal Memorial Stadium, First mm -hmm. Energy. The bones are still there. A uh, very cool place, obviously. Hopefully taking a lot of Reading Phillies, Reading Fightings games. But, yeah, they used to play football there. And they're actually going to play. You can kind of see how they're playing from home home base, first base, into left field. Yeah. It's actually going to be the other way. It's going to be home base, third base, to right field. Yeah. So towards the pool. That's the way it's oriented for the So the you're event. going in the pool, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so extra points in the pool. So... But yeah, so this game Wilson won thirty four to seven. Last trip for the Bulldogs to the uh, the Reading home of the Reading Phillies. So very excited for this one. Um, you know, we're closing in on uh, five months away. So yeah, it's going to be a great be here time. before you know it. All right. <coughs> Bless you. Excuse me. So the second fundraiser as we get here towards the end. Another thing I wanted to mention here before we wrap up. This is a big one, at least to me. Maybe it won't be as big as I think it's going to be, but I think it's a pretty cool opportunity. So uh, I've been wondering what what the team was doing with old football jerseys because I know they've been lying around. We, they used to be given to West and so, well, Central and Southern. That hasn't happened in a number number of years. And uh, you know, it was nice to use them for a few years as backups, but then you just kind of get a backlog of them. Mm. Um, and I talked to the, the coaches and, and I talked with the – athletic director and they moved it up the chain and have dealt with administration and the board and um i now own the used football jerseys and um we're gonna be using them as a fundraiser for the football program and uh i think it's a great opportunity for former players to be able to own you know the, the uniforms that they wore and, you know, or for fans in the community, businesses like to display them. Um, we haven't settled on pricing. Uh, it's not going to be anything major. You know, it's not obviously not going to be the price tag of a New Jersey. It's going to be um, very, very feasible for a number of people to own these. It's not something, um, you know, that we're taking lightly because I think it's a cool opportunity. Now, it's not every single Jersey, like in the seven, nearly 75 year history of Wilson, it dates back yeah. to... You're selling the black and orange ones right, from... Right, yeah, the Gablesville Owl jerseys, yeah. No, that would be pretty that awesome. Would, that would be pretty cool. Uh, there would be one hanging here for sure. That would be um, quite the uh, the historical memento. But no, we or I will have jerseys dating back to... Uh, I believe it, they came to be in the fall of 2001. Yeah, so that would have been my junior year where if you're watching... You can see Chad Henney wearing those red, those spiffy red jerseys. The Denver Bronco ones, of the man. Denver Broncos, yeah. So we're, John Elway, number seven, those right there. Red jerseys are the first ones that should be available, and then it will go up to as far to current as they're willing to 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 get rid of. You know, right. as I said, they they keep like old ones as backups in case something cares. So they're not getting any new jerseys home or away, red or white, this year. So they might keep an iteration before the current ones, um, but the ones that um, like Rodney Gillen, Seth Klein, uh, Jake Templin, Austin Rosa, Matt Rothrock, 
um, you know, all those guys, the ones that they wore, I think will be uh, available. And I'll know more information in the coming days. Um, and I want to get this off the ground. I'm going to take some pictures, get the pricing settled and, uh, start selling them and make, and start writing checks to, uh, the -hmm. program. So, uh, hopefully it's a, it's a great fundraiser and a great opportunity. And if you have any questions, again, Joe at BulldogHour.com or WilsonBulldogsFootball at gmail.com, or you can send me direct messages or private messages on Facebook and Twitter. And um, if you're a former player and you want in on this, call Dibs now. <laughs> send me a yeah. message and let me know you want it. Because like I said, these are not – I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to commit to a price because I don't know what it's going to be, but it's this isn't, like, going to be, like, $100. It's not even going to be $50. Like, right. we're talking, like – the ability to buy these for most people should be, shouldn't be that hard. Right. Right. It's something that, you know, we want to make the money, but we also want people to have these. Right. Right. So I think it's, I I think it'll be a, I think it'll be successful. Yeah. I think there's a lot of potential there. So pretty cool. It's definitely different. So that, that's always good for a fundraising idea. Right. Yeah. And like we said, you know, not only do you get something cool, like something tangible, that's cool in this case. um, Well, I guess you do with the DVDs too, but like, you know, not only are you getting something cool, but you're also helping the program. So right. that it's always, both always an added plus. You, you get, you know, you get memories, you get nostalgia, you get, you get sentimentality. Which you know, maybe I like this so much because that is me. Like I, yeah. I want copies of the games. I want the jerseys that I wore. You know, I want all those things um, for historical purposes and personal um, purposes. So I think um, getting the game tapes out there and getting these jerseys out there are a great way to. Uh, kick off 2018 and both of those I think it's pretty cool now. that some of the pictures you have up right now are against Mannheim Central who is back on the schedule this year. I didn't even realize I think that. one, two, three, four, four of those of them, pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was trying to get a few of the red ones, a few of the white ones right. just to get an idea of what's out there. Um, I actually had a tough time. I, I had one of um, either Colton Weaver or Pat Zerby up there too and I just didn't squeeze it in. I probably should have uh, just to give another different flavor because those has a script Bulldogs written across mm. the chest uh, I do really like the one that Seth Klein's wearing here. I think he has a, a bulldog above the number, and I like the, the red up. So that's pretty sweet. But, um, yeah. So, like I said, if you are a player and you want dibs on the jersey that you wore, get that into me in any way you can now, and I will I will mark it as pending sale. Right. You know? All right. So last things here as we wrap up, some milestones that we wanted to point out. Uh, we, we didn't get to mention it at the end of last season, just completely forgot as it passed us by, but uh, against Conestoga Valley on November 3rd, defensive back coach Brandon Abels earned his 125th win as an assistant coach for Wilson. So congratulations to him. And we got one upcoming right now that I can think of, and I think Coach Paul Covell is just eight wins shy of the Century Club as a coach. Uh, I believe he's a member of it as a player, so it would be cool to see him earn 100 wins and uh, as a coach, and I think if the stats book that I use is right, I think he's sitting at 92. So uh, potential to earn his 100th win on the staff this season. I love when you and I, you and, I and again, I repeat the stats that you have tell me. So sometimes I'll get to talk to the coaches and I'm like, hey, that was, and they're like, wait, what? That was? <laughs> like, you know. Well, when I met with um, Coach Bender about um, – memorabilia uh, shirt sales and things like that. And he hooked me up with uh, a guy from Schuylkill Valley Sports. So we're going to run the Tradition Club sale through them 
that's coming later this year. I know a lot of people are used to doing that in May and June. It's going to be later in the summer. So if you're looking for the 2018 Tradition Club shirt, it's coming. It's just going to be a little bit later. But I met with um, Coach Bender, and he pointed out that you know coaches don't keep track of that. They don't think about right. that. So that's why I try to make sure that they know that. Right. And, and Bender didn't know that he had won his 200th game until we told him after right. the game. And then we started talking about it. He said how amazing it was because I think either last year or this year is his 20th season. He's already over 200 wins, which if you can do quick math, that's more than 10 wins a season <laughs> since insane. he's been here as a coach. Not over just a few years, over two decades. Right. That's crazy. So, yeah, it was pretty It was pretty cool to see that. So, And I mentioned just a little bit ago when discussing the Gridiron Classic, but I do want to say special thanks to designer, illustrator, and artist Jake Damon. Uh, he is out of the Mid-Penn Conference area, <laughs> yeah. so... Um, you know, I don't actually know where he's an alum of in that area. I don't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to ask because I didn't want to know. Right. Don't uh, ask questions yeah, you don't want the answer to. He's done an incredible job um, for me with um, designs and logos. The Gridiron Classic was him. The Bulldog Hour logo that's changed recently was him. The 2018 Wilson Football design for social media was him. So he's done a great job for me. So if you're ever looking for something. Uh, in that area of uh, design logo, um, you know, reach out to me for his contact info and I will definitely get you set up with him. He did quick and great work for me over the last uh, two months or so. And I'll be using more of his work this coming season as well. So I don't have too much else to say. I guess the last thing thing is that 2019, yeah, a year and a half from now, Comes at you fast. We've used that a few times. (laughs) It's the 75th season of Wilson football, so we're working on some big things behind the scene. I already had Jake do me a logo that we're hoping to have turned into a patch, uh, possibly to be worn on the jersey. We're working on that. We're possibly looking into getting an edited helmet design. I I know uh, there's stuff in the works. Uh, We're going to continue to do Tradition Club. Honoring the the anniversary championship teams, it'd be cool to get a large number of uh, alums back for whatever game is designated uh, to celebrate 75 years of Wilson football. So a lot going on. Uh, I know I mentioned also doing a best of DVD collection with commentary, talking to oh, coaches yeah. and players. Uh, to talk about some of the greatest games in Wilson football. I feel like that was one of those text conversations you and I were having where we're just like, <laughs> it was just like one idea after another. And then yeah. like, we're like, oh my gosh, we can do this. <laughs> yeah. We can do this. Yeah. So that would be, uh, that would be a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I think that's it. Yeah. So got, so that's a good, good show for April. Yeah. Especially. For April. I mean, we had yeah. a lot to cover, but I think we got it done. Got up and rolling after the hiccup with the technology yeah. at the beginning. Uh, so. Yeah. It's terrible. Not to bring that back up. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> dark times, dark, dark times. So, but I think that's everything. So, do you have anything else to say? Anything else to add? No, I'm, it's exciting to be at that point. Um, good luck to Junior this week. Yeah, good luck, um, Junior. Hopefully, uh, you know, I hope it all works out so that you end up in the best situation. Whatever that may mean, um, I hope you end up in the best situation. Yeah. Um, you know, because we know you, you get in somewhere and, uh, you know, that – that high rev engine that they talked about in, the, in that scouting report will, will show through. So uh, best of luck and uh, you know, hopefully you'll be out there hitting some guys soon. Absolutely. So 
We will be back in about two months to do our summer update, maybe recap spring practice, talk about the golf tournament, talk about 7-on-7, talk about anything else we hear, maybe update on fundraisers, see how those are going with the tapes and the jerseys. And uh, at that point, we'll probably know more information on the Tradition Club merchandise sale, which uh, is going to be bigger and better this year. So looking forward to that. But I think that's everything. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bulldog Hour. For Justin Raffoff and the Wilson Football Program, I'm Joe Mays. And remember, go go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.